Hello and welcome back to Dose Makes the Poison the Toxcast. I'm Kevin. I hope you're doing well out there. And for today's episode, we have our second Quick Bites episode on the Toxcast. So let's go. Venom. Poison. No, not the metal bands. But venomous. Poisonous. Two words that are frequently used interchangeably. But should they be? No, they should not be. So let's break this down over the next couple of minutes. Venomous refers to animals that secrete substances, also known as venom, and inject that substance via a specialized apparatus into another person or animal. That venom can be toxic or damaging to the other living thing, and is usually made up of proteins and peptides, but the specific chemical makeup is largely dependent on the purpose of the venom. Is that venom meant to specifically kill or incapacitate another individual or living being? What about breaking down tissues for digestion? Or they can simply be used to create enough pain to make something run away. Poisonous, on the other hand, refers to animals and plants that contain substances that can be toxic or damaging to another living thing. This could be like the entire body, like the skin and the organs, or very specific parts of an animal or plant. So like of a plant, the leaves, the flowers, or the seeds that contain the poison. That poison is introduced passively into an individual, and that happens normally when a person or animal eats or touches that poisonous animal or plant. Almost always in a poisonous animal, that poison is used for defensive purposes. But the reactions to those chemicals, to those poisons, can range the gamut. They can include severe pain, swelling, headache, rashes, dermatitis, or even worse things like convulsions, respiratory complications, and yes, even death. Animals such as the timber rattlesnake, black widow spider, cone snail, Australian box jellyfish, and the platypus are venomous creatures. So the timber rattlesnake uses its fangs to inject canebrake toxin. The black widow spider uses its chelicerae, or fangs, to bite and inject the latrotoxin venom. Cone snails use a specialized mouthpiece called a radula tooth to introduce conotoxin venom. Australian box jelly, they use specialized cells on their tentacles called nematocysts to introduce their potent venom. The platypus has a calcaneus ankle spur on its hind limbs, which is used by the male platypus only to inject venom that contains defensin-like proteins or DLPs. So again, those are venomous creatures. They typically use their venoms for predation, but they can also be used for defense or like a defense mechanism. Animals such as the blister beetle, the golden dart frog, puffer fish, rough-skinned newt, and Colorado river toad are poisonous. They are poisonous animals. The blister beetle produces a substance called cantharidin that if touched or ingested can lead to burns and blistering, hence the name blister beetle. The golden dart frog secretes batrachotoxins through its skin. 
if touched or eaten, the, those effects can be lethal. The puffer fish contains toxin in its organs, such as the liver, which, if eaten, can have very devastating effects, including per muscle paralysis, respiratory failure, or asphyxiation. The rough skin newt also contains tetrodotoxin in its skin, and any dermal contact or ingestion of the rough-skinned newt um, can prove fatal via those same effects. Colorado River Toad. Its skin and paroided glands, which are behind the eyes, are toxic as they produce or contain uh, 5-methoxydimethyltryptamine or 5-methoxydmt and bufotenine. Uh, Cardiac glycoside, cardiac glycosides may also be present in that concoction. These toxins can also be found in the eggs of the river toad. So those are poisonous creatures. And again, those typically do not use their poisons for predation. They're normally used only as self-defense. And always remember that poisonous animals passively introduce their poisons to another creature, another human, another animal. So another human or another animal must touch it, must eat it, or yes, even lick that poisonous animal. So plants such as Datura, Belladonna, Nerium, Aconitum, Ricinus, Digitalis, those are all poisonous plants. I'm going to also group fungi with the plants even though we all know that fungi are not plants, I usually typically just group them in here in this classification together, uh, plants and fungi. Uh, Detura, also known as jimson weeds or devil's trumpets, contains scopolamine and atropine in their seeds and flowers. Atropa belladonna or the deadly nightshades contains scopolamine and atropine and also hyosamine. Nerium oleander contains the cardiac glycoside oleandrin. Aconitum, or monkshood, is considered the queen of poisons as it contains aconitine. Ricinus communis, or the castor bean plant, contains the toxic anti-protein synthesis compound ricin. The plant contains ricin in low concentrations, but the castor bean seeds are where the majority of it is. We've talked about digitalis before on this show. Digitalis is also known as foxglove, and all of that plant contains the cardiac glycoside digoxin. As I said, fungi are not plants. Fungi are a separate individual kingdom in the phylogenetic world, but I do group them with the poisonous plants for this specific conversation. Ammonita phylloides, or the death cat mushroom, is one example of the multitudes of poisonous fungi. It contains various amatoxins which target the organs such as liver and kidneys. It's rare, but some animals can be both poisonous and venomous. As an example of this is the uh, Asian tiger snake, or the tiger keelback as it's also known. It produces a venom that contains neurotoxins, coagulants, myotoxins, and hemolysins to inject but it also stores poison in its skin from the toads on which it preys. So the venom is used potentially for predation, but the poison in the skin is used as a predation defense. So as for venomous plants, 
if you ever happen upon one of those, a venomous plant, I think it's time to run away. Run away quickly. I hope you learned just a bit about what being venomous and poisonous means. The words should never be used interchangeably. If you've made it this far in this episode and want to contact me, send me an email at dosemakesthepoisonpodcast at gmail.com. Check me out on Twitter at ToxCast, T-O-X-C-A-S-T. If you're on Facebook, give the Dose Makes the Poison podcast page a like. And if you can, please leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help me and help the show. So until next time, never practice toxicology in a vacuum.